0: Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic, truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.
1: Scripture says that the goal is not to be conformed, but rather to be transformed, to be changed from within, to be changed by the power of God's Word and His Spirit at work within us.
0: Two words that stand out in what Pastor Leighton Sheely just shared are conform and transform. Both can be good, but oftentimes conformity has a negative feel to it and is not so positive. Today, Pastor Leighton will talk more about being transformed as he continues his series called Family Matters. I'm Mike Trout, and this is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. On the web... At Highlands.us. That's Highlands.us.
1: We believe that only God's Holy Spirit can truly transform lives. We're not interested in being conformed. We want to be transformed. Romans 12 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. How do we do that? Keep reading. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Do not conform, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Conform describes a change that is produced by external pressure. Transform describes a change that comes from within. Conform, external pressure, transform something from within. People can be conformed to the patterns of this world. They can be pressured by culture, political correctness, and other social pressures to behave in a certain way. Now that not only takes place in the world, but it can also take place in some churches that are legalistic. If somebody comes to church and says, You can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, and people are pressured to behave in a certain way. They might look Christian on the outside, but that's only because they're conforming, not because they've been transformed. Scripture says that the goal is not to be conformed, but rather to be transformed, to be changed from within to be changed by the power of God's word and his spirit at work within us. Now, one of the words that's used in scripture to describe this change is the word sanctified. In praying for his followers, Jesus said, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And that's why we preach the word. When we get into the word and the word gets into us by the work of the Holy Spirit, we become more and more sanctified. It is the Holy Spirit who does the work of transforming lives. Now, some people come and they're seeking, but they haven't yet made the profession. Or they might be new in their faith and they're sorting things out. And we need to be gracious towards them as they do that. We need to let the Holy Spirit do the Holy Spirit's work. Transforming instead of us trying to make them conform. A number of years back, many years back, when my dad was the senior pastor, I remember the story of... Uh, one of the owners of a local liquor store coming to faith in Jesus Christ. This guy was a new believer, and he was the owner of a liquor store. Now, back then, it was before deregulation, and if you had a liquor store license, you were basically, you had a pot of gold there. Because at that time, people either had to go to a bar or a liquor store to to get their liquor there. They couldn't go to the grocery market. And so people were coming up, my dad, saying, you know that that new guy that's in church, the one that owns, you need to tell him, you know, he, he can't be doing that because he's participating in people sinning because you're not supposed to abuse alcohol. And you need to tell him to stop it. And my dad says, wait, let's see what the Holy Spirit does. And what happened is, is that guy would slip tracks in with the Jim Beam and the Jack Daniels. He'd, he'd, He'd start conversations with people. He was bringing people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ almost every week. My dad was getting jealous of him. My dad said, say, he's got a better pulpit than I do. He's reaching people I can't reach. You know, that's an example of letting the Holy Spirit do the work instead of trying to force it on, on somebody. You know, it's not uncommon in our culture today for unmarried couples uh, to be coming to church and... They're seeking God, they're checking things out and things like that. And if they're in our church and the Holy Spirit is present and the Word is being taught, then at some point they're going to come under some degree of conviction and they're going to have to make a decision. Do I really want to do what's pleasing to God or should I go find another church where I'm a little more comfortable? But it's God's work, God's Holy Spirit that does the work. I was, after the sermon last night, I had some, somebody come and say, you know, I first came to this church, I was in that situation. And if somebody in the church would have come up to me and said, you, I would have been out that quick. But because we are filled with grace and truth and give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to do his work, a work that only he can do, that person hasn't their blessing. You know, for those who wish to seek God, this church family is a source of guidance and encouragement. We grow together and occasionally we stumble. We fall. We pick each other up. We encourage each other to keep on walking in faith. We desire to provide a place of transparency. We are not impressed when somebody tries to impress us with how holy they are. We want people to be here and be real. You know, some people look at the church as being a business. And in a business, you make a mistake, you're out. You're fired. You're gone. Uh, but if a person is treated that way in a family, there's something wrong with that family. You know, my kids messed up, and, and when they did, I didn't kick them out. We worked through things together, patiently, over time. And uh, that's the difference between a business and a family. Now, that doesn't mean that in a given family situation, there might not come a time when one of the family members is being so damaging to the family that they need to be asked to leave. That can happen. It can happen in nuclear families, and it can happen in a church family. In fact, uh, there was a case described in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, where Paul is writing to the church family in Corinth. He says that that, that there was a man in the church that was living a lifestyle of sexual immorality with the wife of his father. That wasn't even something acceptable to the pagan culture of the day. And when he refused to repent, the apostle Paul instructed he was to be expelled from the church, that his lifestyle was causing injury to the church and damaging its testimony and its work. Well, evidently, between 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, the man had a change of heart and repented and wanted to be restored to fellowship with the church. But there were people in the church who refused. But listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote. I'm not overstating it when I say that the man who caused all the trouble hurt all of you more than he hurt me. Most of you opposed him, and that was punishment enough. Now, however, it is time to forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overcome by discouragement. So I urge you now to reaffirm your love for him. There might be times when people go through rebellious phases And they either choose to leave the church, or in some cases we ask them to leave. But if they are truly repentant, then we need to follow God's design for the church and and bring them back into fellowship to encourage them. You know, we started this uh, sermon series talking about the connection between a husband and a wife and the marriage between Christ and His church. That comparison is found in Ephesians. And we find this command in Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Think about how much Christ loved the church. And how much he gave up for the church. He left heaven. Not only did he come to earth, but he was born in a stable. Poor parents, barely getting by. He was an itinerant preacher, poor, rejected, abused. Finally, hung on a cross. The most incredibly miserable way to be tortured to death. Because of his love for the church. Christ loved the church. Question, how much do you love the church? You know, there's a lot of people who visit various churches because they're looking for their favorite style of worship or their favorite type of preaching or a children's ministry or whatever. And their fundamental interest is, what's in it for me? And if I may borrow and adapt a phrase from history, ask not what your church can do for you, but ask what you can do for your church. Can you help out in children's ministries? Greeting, ushering, singing in the choir, connections? How much do you love the church? Now, some people have been hurt in churches because there's no perfect church, because churches are made up of people and there are no perfect people. Some people are on a continuous search for the perfect church. One old preacher said, if you find the perfect church, please don't go there. You'll mess the whole thing up. (laughs) There's no perfect churches, but we have an opportunity to work together to do something great for the glory of God. And one of the things that is so fundamental to a family functioning and a church family functioning is that there is continuous forgiveness. Forgiveness, forgiveness. When we have... Experience the forgiveness of God, then we have a deep reservoir from which we can give forgiveness to others. When we have experienced the grace of God, we have a deep reservoir from which to give grace to others. Jesus said, He who is forgiven little loves little, he is forgiven much loves much. So it's important for us to have an attitude of forgiveness.
0: May our church be filled with grace and truth. Amen. Amen. And that brings us down to the end of this uh, message in a series called Family Matters. There are more messages to come, so I hope you can stay with us throughout the week at this same time. I'm Mike Trout. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and you can find out about us and perhaps join with us as a financial partner when you go to the website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. There's a donate button there on the homepage and also a contact button. That gives you the opportunity to share your thoughts with us, ask any questions. Perhaps just let us know that you're listening. That's highlands.us. Have a blessed rest of your day, and come back tomorrow at this same time if you possibly can when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.